What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? Are you a startup or a business owner looking to collaborate with industry-leading influencers on social media? Then sign up at accessmynetwork.com and start your brand awareness campaigns or lead gen campaigns on our platform. Again, it's accessmynetwork.com. What if it did work? Well, hello, hello. Another day, another dollar, another Wednesday, and another episode of What If It Did Work. And I got to say, this this is one of my... Dude, I, I got to say, I've always been intrigued by you. From your, I'm, I'm a subscriber to your podcast. I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid when it comes to the movement. <laughs> Nick Loper on the Side Hustle Nation. Make money. Get this in your spare time. You can't go wrong with that, can you? And never goes out of style. Omar, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> I, I got to say, dude, when did you, did, did you, I, I know you, you, this is something that's mind blowing. You left corporate America. You retired from corporate America at the age of 25. Was that because of all your side hustles? And that was on the back of my original side hustle. And of course, with all of the uh, confidence and naivete of a, of a 25-year-old, I was like, hey, this, this could be my thing. I was selling shoes on the internet through an affiliate comparison shopping site where we pull in the catalogs from Zappos and Amazon and all these other uh, footwear retailers. And we drive traffic with uh, Google ads in, in most cases um, for very very specific models of shoes. Like if you're looking for this, you know, new balance model, X, Y, Z, whatever would tell you the 10 best, 10 stores that have it in stock. And here's, here's where you can find your best price and make affiliate commissions on those sales. And, you know, built that up three years and nights and weekends while working corporate, finally got up the nerve to uh, tell my boss, give my two weeks notice, turn in the keys to the company car and say, all right, I'm going to be the guy who sells shoes on the internet. There's lots of ups and downs on the entrepreneurial roller coaster oh, since then, but it was uh, <laughs> several years deep into that, having started a bunch of other side projects that mostly didn't go anywhere. That it's like, okay, um, I'm looking for the next thing or something that could be the next thing. And as a side project to the shoe business, uh, started, I guess, rebranded a personal blog of mine that I had at the time to Side Hustle Nation and ordered this podcast mic and scheduled the first interviews. Now, you must have gotten some serious blowback from family, friends. You graduated from the University of Washington <laughs> just to leave corporate America. Wasn't that the Willy Wonka golden ticket, supposedly? To supposedly. Yeah, supposedly it was. And thankfully, friends and family have all been super supportive, especially my wife, even going back to when we were in college together and just dating, I remember looking at this house painting internship where they don't really tell you it's house painting until you're like several stages through the interview process. This lady, my who became my manager, Nicole, she shows up to my like intro to statistics class or something. It's like, do you want a summer internship? Where are you going to learn marketing and sales and entrepreneurship <laughs> and customer service and like hiring and fire? Like, that sounds like a fantastic, uh, you know, opportunity and you can make all this money. And then, you know, later on, they're like, well, by the way, you're going to go paint some houses. Like, all right. Well, I'm kind of bought in at this point. So what's going on? Um, and my girlfriend, my you know, future wife, she's like, because I'm like, well, what if it's a, is this a pyramid scheme? What if it sucks? She's like, if it sucks, it's three months of your life. Like, it's not the end of the world. Go give it a shot. And so she's always been super supportive. My family's been uh, the same way, not fully understanding always what I do and where the money comes from. It's like, well, you know, he seems he's not asking us for money. He seems to be doing okay. So I'm um, grateful for that support. Well, congratulations on that. My mom nearly, it, it, it felt like I was getting ready to tell her I was becoming a, a Satanist when I'm like, mom, I'm, I don't like what I'm doing. I, I think I'm going to be my own boss. I'm, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. But what about you went to college? You got your master's degree. I'm like, okay, yes, but you need a corporate job. And now 
my mom worked in it and told me how miserable it was <laughs> from like <laughs> the day I can remember to like the day she she retired. And I'm like, that's happiness. But yeah, no, man, congratulations on that. And I got to hand it to your boss. Uh, 20 years for me owning smoothie bars. I should have done that. Like put a help wanted ad. Do you want to learn how to market? Do you want to learn how to sell? Do you want to learn management? And then when they get there, hey, by the way, you're you're here. You're, you're going to be working behind my smoothie bar. How's it going? <laughs> it's, all in how, it's all in how you position it, right? And and hey, more power to you that that your girlfriend, your wife, your high school sweetheart was all on board because I'm sure she wasn't thinking when you guys were at the University of Washington. Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll we'll look into the world of side hustle and maybe we'll work for ourselves because that um, that took a lot of courage, but also at at that young age. You know, worst case scenario, you could have been like, hey, you know what? It wasn't for me. And they would have hired you. Yeah. Somebody mentioned that on the podcast recently who kind of took a different path. Like my my typical side hustle advice is, you know, start something small, start it on the side, start it low risk, you know, build it up on the side. His he had built a tutoring business on the side, which was not coming anywhere close to replacing his six-figure salary. But he said, you know what? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's covering our expenses or it's coming close to it. And if I can do that, I'm going to free up all this mental bandwidth to go and build the thing that I want to build. And I figured, hey, if it doesn't take off, worst case scenario, I'll dust off the old resume, go get another corporate job. And I thought that was a really unique take on well, what's realistically the worst case scenario. And, and early on, it's like... Um, you know, it's not that life threatening with, you know, with kids and a family, it's kind of like, okay, you know, you, you wouldn't, you still want to be able to put food on the table, but don't, don't make a bet you can't afford to lose, but also be realistic about, you know, what's, what's the fallback plan if it, if it really doesn't work out. A lot of times though, they tell you, anybody, don't leave your primary source of income, just supplement it. And then let's say you're good at your side hustle create another side hustle. And when you have multiple flows of income, that's gravy. Now, granted, I, I get that he, he was that he hit that pain threshold. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know what? This will give me mental clarity. This will give me more time to do what I really want to do. And granted, bold, brave, but you know, life is meant to to live, not not to suffer. So you know, my hats off to him, and he, he gambled and he he succeeded, right? He succeeded. That's so funny. That's like, um, there's more to life than surviving, which I think is a quote from Ninjago or something. My kids are into this like show on Netflix. There's more to life than surviving. So our four year old will just repeat that, and it's like, you're right, buddy. There is more to life than surviving. Well, it, it's well, it's funny because I'm like, wow, that's a show that they're already like putting like personal development because that's that's like deep if you think about it most of us are trained at an early age it is what it is suck it up life sucks then you die <laughs> yeah it was funny so we were watching kung fu panda 3 with the kids the other night and at the very beginning of this movie you know send master shifu you know tells Jack Black or Kung Fu Panda. It's like, if you only do what you can do, you'll never be more than you are right now. And it's like, this is imposter syndrome in a nutshell. Like he's, you know, he's trying to be a teacher and he's failing at it. And it's like, look, that's how growth happens. And I was like, man, that was, that was really deep, you know, from, from DreamWorks or whatever. You have to like, watch the other two, but because uh, I've, I've got a 16 year old and a 14 year old. And I remember taking them to the movies. Usually I fall asleep. It's a perfect nap, nap time. You, you, you go to the movie theaters and, you know, it's dark and it's cold and it's like some goofy cartoon. But it kept me up because there were so many life lessons. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is what we need to be instilling in children. I mean, this is like, um, it's like, who wrote the script? Was it Anthony Robbins? Was it Zig Ziglar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty much all we watch right now: kids' movies, and sometimes there's some there's some good lessons in those. You mentioned something a minute ago that I think is actually really important to note on, and you called it 
gravy. If you can, if you can get your income to a certain level, it's gravy. And that's something that is actually really important that my wife and I have focused on for the last 10 plus years, living always like well below our means, not coming, you know, not letting the lifestyle creep to, um, you know, live up to your income level, which I see a lot of people falling into that trap. And then if that income, heaven forbid, goes away, all of a sudden you're you're scrambling. And so you kind of, you know, of course, have allowed some luxury purchases and experiences and travel and all that stuff, um, but still have like a healthy margin. And I think that margin is so important. Like everything gets a little bit easier when you have a little bit of breathing room in your budget. And so you think about in terms of, uh, like I frame it as gravy time. Like what is the point in the year that you've done enough work that everything else is gravy, right? You've covered your fixed expenses for the year and now you're in gravy time. And you know, statistically, like if you have a 5% savings rate across the country, which it's it's spiked in COVID, like and everybody was like not doing anything. So they saved a ton of money, but now it's like kind of crept back down. But historically, like, you know, five to 7% savings rate, which would be uh, analogous to your household profitability. Like every $100 that your house brings in, you spend 95 of it. So it's like you're working until December 15th you know, every year just to cover your expenses. It's like, ah, that's a really thin margin. So it's like, okay, if we can make it you know, to June, or we can make it to April. Like, okay, everything after April is gravy time or something. So uh, I really like your point about, about that. Well, I had to learn that the, the hard way, being an entrepreneur. Pre-2008, it's like, oh, this is gravy. This is awesome. Look at all this money. Because you get that imposter syndrome or you go all Hollywood. Like you think you've made it. There's never going to be a bad economic turn for the worse. And then 2008 hit. And it was like, oh my gosh, maybe we should have reinvested everything back into our business. Maybe we should have invested into a savings account for a rainy day because little did we realize a rainy day equaled like one, two, two and a half years till yeah. the economy got better. And, and that there's no, there's no such thing as a bad time. It was a life lesson and it was an expensive life lesson because, you know, it, well, people, their, their memories fade away. A lot of times. Yeah. They saved for Corona, but before that 2008, they forgot that. They forgot. That's why everybody's like in this knee jerk reaction when they see the economy going bad, when they see the stock market. Before they thought, well, if I invested a little in, into crypto, I don't know what crypto is, but I heard my neighbor bought some and I like Doge because I don't know, Elon Musk or, you know, Shiba because they have those cute memes with the little puppy. And, you know, I keep on throwing money. But now that you know things aren't that way, that, that's where it, when panic hits, and that's where the you know the sky is falling, and that's why I mean, me personally, I've always spoken about a side hustle. At the end of the day, whoa, you know, it's always to work smarter, not harder. And and you you talk about it on your website, you talk about it on your podcast, people. A lot of times when you say people have, there's a blowback for some, it's because they feel like, oh my gosh, that means I'm going to have to work 21 hours in a day and I'll take a power nap for, for three hours. And it's nothing like that. Yeah. There's got to be a balance. I mean, the last thing that you need is a second job that you come to dread doing and you realistically can't burn the candle at both ends for very long. We've spoken to some guests on the side hustle show who describe it as this sprint phase. They're like, I know it's kind of going to suck for a month or two, but if I can hold my breath and get through this, like the grass is so much greener on the other side and the outcome, like it's worth it. And you probably heard, you know, the quote, you know, an entrepreneur is somebody who lives a few years like others won't so they can live the rest of their life like others can't. And there's, uh, I don't know, there's some truth to that, but there's, that's like also kind of like glorifying like this rise and grind 24 seven. And it's like, ah, I don't know, my general take has been, you go at it a little bit slower. Yes. Life's short, but it's also kind of long. You don't have to do it. You know, it doesn't have to be done today. It's going to be there tomorrow. And that's actually been really difficult because like the to-do list is never really done. There's always more projects. There's always more fun experiments to go out and try. It's kind of like trying to 
be at peace with with shutting down for the evening, shutting down for the weekend, and uh, being being present in the rest of life. Well, the one thing that the meme gets wrong is it it has the the Hollywood roll credits. They live happily ever after. Yes, you sacrificed a few years, but every business, whether it's a side hustle, your primary, whether you work in corporate America, there's seasons. There's economic downturns, there's booms, there's busts, there's in-between, there's no growth. You have to always be on top of your game. That's why, you know, people that I just worked for a few years and then it was gravy. No, it it's never like that. I it, and that I'm sure people when they're like, well, I'll hold my breath for a month or two months. And then yes, the grass might be greener on the other side. But you have to keep on watering your grass. You have to make sure nobody goes onto your grass because side hustles. Once somebody sees you, your your level of success. Hey, there's the competitor out there. There's the hunter, and then there's the hunted. It's true. It's the Bezos quote. You know, your margin is my opportunity. It's like, yep, there are always going to be people who are looking at what you're doing and coming in after your territory, but. It's, I'm, I'm trying to study the guy who built Wordle, right? It's like this thing launched in October and by early part of the next year, sold it for a million dollars plus. Like, all right, I need to get on, uh, get on some of that. My, if only I would have known how to do apps. Like I never took a computer science course. I was a arts and science type of guy, two journalism degrees. So, but Yeah. I mean, so podcasting is right up your alley. <laughs> well, that, that it, but I was an introvert. I'm an introvert, believe it or not. So it's stretching even from, and you're like, how did you become a journalist? It's, it's one of those things that I've, I've always wanted to be the overachiever, the overcomer, but yeah, no, um, the, the first few podcasts, just like the first few jobs in the side hustle, a blog or you're editing somebody's stuff. It's never as good. Mine, you know, I, I said a lot of, and all that and all that filler, which sounds bad, but you subconsciously say that the more you do something, yeah, 2013 compared to, you know, nine years later, you're, you probably sound like Edward Moreau compared to, who, you know, your first view. I don't know. It's pretty depressing to read through some of the transcripts that get done and how many likes and, you know, has come out of my mouth still. It's, like, ah, it's so much it, easier to edit dead silence than but just it makes filler things. It, it shows. And, and that's why, like, when, whenever I coach or I tell somebody to throw up a video for your social media, promoting your book, your podcast, your side hustle, your business, if you flub, you know what? You... You're not MGM. You're not Universal Studios. It just shows the human side in you. You know, you don't need to take a hundred takes. We're not perfect. You know, there's going to be flubs in this this episode because we're both human. You know, we're not yeah. machines. But that's what makes it great. That and good editing. <laughs> just try to make <laughs> the episodes pretty tight. I've got uh, some very talented editors that help clean everybody up. Well, I've I've, I've had to edit a couple of times. Uh, just because I flubbed very badly at the beginning. And there was that long, awkward pause and then silence. And then I'm like, okay, okay. You know, we have to do this all over again. I, and then, you know, the guests is fine with it. And, but they're yeah. like, they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, is, this, is that guy going to put that on air? And it's like, no, you know, <laughs> it's, it's called editing. That's, you know, I, I, I pay someone to, to delete my flubs too. So. <laughs> But it, but it is what it is. And, but so I, I mean, looking at your stuff now, I've, I've listened to your podcast and purchased one book. I didn't even realize you have seven books, man. Congratulations on that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Self-publishing is one of my original side hustles. It's still a, a labor of love in a lot of ways. Like the royalties from these are not enough to retire off of, but it's kind of fun to have something for sale on what essentially is the world's largest store that 
you know, there's a lot of, there are no barriers to entry. So anybody can get into self-publishing, but it still holds a certain cachet of like, oh, he's got a, he wrote the book. He must know what he's talking about. And yeah, it's been, it's, it's a business a card on steroids. Wouldn't you agree? For sure. For sure. I'm, I, okay. If you're going to laugh, I've, I've got one self-published book, name of the podcast. What if it did work? It's on nice. Amazon. You, you could put all of us for bestsellers, Amazon bestsellers, parameters, whatnot. But I'm sure you get this a lot. They feel so how well is the book selling? Like the, like they all think because we wrote a book. I, I, my my second one's almost done. My self-published another one. But they, okay. they feel like you're like R.L. Stein or J.K. Rawlings or whomever wrote Fifty Shades that they're like, so what's the royalty check look like? <laughs> and it's like, oh well, you know, I, I can I can take you to a decent dinner or I can take you to Applebee's if it's a good <laughs> month. <laughs> Yeah, but, but um, it's still at the end of the day, you're an author, and you know whether all our books combine, who cares about the sale? It's still content out there. Content is king, and it's a it's an art form to me because at the end of the day, you created it. Someone else. Yeah, did. yeah I find it to be a really rewarding process to you know formulate. The idea and the you know take it through from outline to filling in the, the blanks here and doing the cover and the marketing and the promotion and now having something that's out there for people to discover. The folks who I see having the best luck in self-publishing are the you know serial authors who are constantly you know working on the next title in the series and you know they're just pumping out book after book after book, or the people who kind of view it as a as content marketing as top of the funnel as an entry point into their world which is kind of how i have shifted my thinking on self-publishing it's like hey this is a low price point thing and it's the same thing for for tony robbins for example so like you can go to the you know ten thousand dollar multi-day walk across fiery coals retreat and all that or you can buy his ten dollar book right and it's like you know, different entry points into Tony's world. And it's hard to imagine that anybody exactly. would go and sign up for the $10,000 thing without having first, you know, gone through some smaller ticket items first. Mm-hmm. Well, being a divorced person, it, it helps you get dates too. <laughs> so so it's me, it's always nice. <laughs> you're, you're gonna laugh. I, I rewrote my, my first book, but I, I had the original one that I, I would... Um, I would email to the prospective day. I'm like, oh yeah, here's here's a copy of my book that's getting ready to come out. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, they 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 read something that's never even out there. But yeah, no, I I I wrote it because a journalist and everybody was saying, hey, when, 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 when? Until finally it was like, because I always wanted, I always felt like, well, I'm not Stephen King or my my favorite writer of all time was Chuck Palahniuk, the guy that um, wrote fight, uh, fight club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I can't be that guy. So that was always the reason why I never wrote. Cause I'm like, I would read all his books. I'm like, yeah, that's not me. That's not me. And then, yeah. And it's why not me. And then like what you said, it's, it's a side hustle. I, yeah. I can say at the end of the day, uh, in a couple of months, I've got two books will it make me wealthy? No, but I, I can put it on my mantle right next to my 10X, right next to my Awake and the Giant Within. And I can say I'm a I'm a business author just like these guys. Yeah, it is a practice. And I'm glad you mentioned that too. Because yeah, you read a Michael Lewis or a uh, Malcolm Gladwell or I was trying to think who else, even a, even a James Clear, like with uh, Atomic Habits. You're like, Atomic Habits. Dang, this guy, I mean, these guys are all crazy good writers and it just makes you it makes you self-conscious of your own stuff but it's like I, you know it's, it's a different audience in a lot of ways you know but, i still have this even, expertise to share even if we ever publish from one of the big publishing houses very rarely do any of those books we can only name you and i can name a finite amount compared to tens of thousands of self-help business books out there and even the greatest business books will never sell or outsell fiction very few yeah because you know we all people don't want people want to tune out and then one of the things that i loved reading reading your stuff was you always had the time for a side hustle you always had the time to think more to see what can i do more because you never binge watched. Because when I saw that, it, it smirked when you said you've never watched an episode 
a Game of Thrones or uh, Ozark or yeah, uh, I, I miss out on some of these like cultural references, but it's I don't know trade offs. Somebody actually Brian Johnson from Optimize.me, you know, he was like, "Look, I'm not going to judge you if that's how you want to spend your evenings. Like that's totally fine." He's like, "I'm going to judge you. You going to watch some of these pseudo heroes how they spend their day? Like you need to be advancing your goal." Like. All right, man. You know that's it's cool. It, um, it's funny. It's, well, I, I, I'm I'm with you because at one time in my life I was obsessed with watching the sports or or watching the Sopranos or yeah. instead of listening to your podcast or any podcast, I'd be like, well, you know, Sirius XM. I, I I need to listen to Howard. I need to know what Howard who Howard Stern's interviewing or. I need to listen to lithium. I need to listen to my my nineties grunge. You know, thirty years oh, that was, later, <laughs> that, was, that was a good channel. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and then it, it, there, there was a shift. The only people I was make I was helping was either Howard Stern or the shareholders of Sirius XM. And you know that's why I'm sure you'll hear this from a lot of people. I don't have the time though for a side hustle. But clearly, if we evaluate our lives. I mean, if if you have time to binge watch any of these shows on Netflix or Hulu or whatnot, you have time for sports. You have time to hate on people and their political and social views on Facebook. Something tells me you can find the time to do a side hustle. It's there. I mean, that's the depressing thing. There's a graphic. No, I mean, I guess I haven't hung it up yet, but somewhere it was, in, it was in my old office we moved recently um, but it was a, you know you know life got a lot easier the moment he realized there was you know exactly enough time for all the things that are important to him it's like by definition we make time for our priorities and I'm, if your priority is you know watching the football game like that's totally fine i love to watch football on the weekends too but it's just you know recognizing that and then being honest with yourself like did this bring me joy did this get me closer to my goals if the goal is hanging out with friends and family Absolutely. Oh yeah, that's. Um, but we've you know we've had to cut off certain series. Like we tried to watch like the first couple episodes of the uh, of the Theranos thing that was on Hulu. I want to say, and you're like, ah, it's okay, but it just seems kind of slow. And like I already read the book. Like okay, it's fine. You know, so we just you know cut it off if it doesn't if it doesn't serve you. Well, yeah. Okay, you went to University of Washington. I went to LSU. So college football is big. Yes. But to me, there's time. What about the rest of Saturday? What about the rest of Sunday? If if you're watching Pac Pac 12, SEC, ACC on Saturday, and you're watching all three NFL games on Sunday, and then you're wondering why you have no time, or you're wondering why your your girlfriend or your wife is like venting and all bent and twisted because you know. You just blew the whole weekend, right? Not not even with family or friends. You were just in tune with with the boob tube. Yeah. So one thing that I recommend people do because you know the time thing. And I've I've had days where it's like I didn't I didn't have like ten spare minutes today. It was just you know back to back to back to back. Like do this time audit exercise, and you can do it with you know there's a bunch of different apps that'll do this for you. But start time, stop time. I've done this in Excel. Like do it for a week, do it for two weeks. Start time, stop time. What were you working on? And then you have this honest picture of where your hours actually went and you find opportunities for elimination, maybe some rooms, room for automation, delegation, but you kind of get the sense of, because if you don't measure it, it's hard to manage and kind of, okay, well, is there a way to do this more efficiently? Does this even need to get done? What would I like to fill in the gap? So, you know, we're all dealt the same 24 hours a day, but it starts with being honest with where your time is actually going. And then even if you can carve out five minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour in the mornings, half an hour in the evenings, like we tend to have the most control over the bookends of our days where we're not reacting to somebody else's agenda. So those are probably the low hanging fruit areas of opportunity to find a side hustle time if that's what you're looking for. And that's, I don't know, that's a strategy that has worked for a lot of guests of mine. Now, what would you recommend to that person that says they barely have enough time, which... We know that's a lie. We all lie to ourselves. What are some perfect examples of an easy entry? Hey, you don't have to put in four or five hours a day to to create some income. Yeah, look for the cracks in your day because I've been guilty of 
you know, these, these big ambitious projects and maybe it's writing that book and you're like, I'm never going to have this uninterrupted, you know, two week block of time, you know, optimistically speaking to like, you know, really crank this thing out. But I do have 15 minutes here. Maybe I've got a little bit of time on a lunch break, you know, I can work on this outline and I can start chipping away at it. And if you build that streak, if you build that momentum, you really start to see some positive progress and it becomes, uh, this self-fulfilling thing, you start to build that identity. I am the type of person who prioritizes this thing. My brother for a long time would keep this like habit checklist, you know, and it was like, you know, do my daily meditation, do my physical therapy, you know, spend at least five minutes a day on my website. And that was his like bare bones minimum to be able to check the box. And oftentimes he would find once he'd invested that five minutes, you know, he had a little bit of momentum going, maybe he stretched it to 10, 15, you know, whatever the time allowed was. But I think if you can build up that habit in the cracks in your day. So this was uh, Tammy Smith, who ran a site in the health and fitness space for, for moms. And she described the same thing. Like, I am a, I'm a busy mom. I'm trying to, you know, write these, uh, you know, affiliate comparison articles, this product versus this product type of thing. And, you know, Rarely, rarely do I sit down and write the whole thing in one sitting, but it's like, okay, I can do a little bit of research here. I can fill in the gaps here. And so that's one type of business is what you're ultimately after, uh, especially if you are that busy person without a ton of extra hours in your week, you're looking for leverage. You're looking for a business that isn't trading time for money. And so you're looking to build something that scales like a blog, like a podcast, like a YouTube channel, where it takes the same amount of effort if 10 people tune in or 10,000 people tune in. And there's this you know, very speculative upfront work where you're not making any money. And that's frustrating for a lot of people. But down the road, it's something that can be a little bit more hands-off, if that makes sense. Well, hands-off completely. I mean, I I get it with, you know, I'm, I'm doing a podcast, I YouTube. The thing people don't, the thing that discourages people is they want to see the instantaneous. They want to see results right off the bat. And, and you and I are, are perfect examples. I mean, I spoke right before we got on. I, I was congratulating you on 19 million downloads. Now, that was a process that took nine years. Me, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit 40K in a year. And you're like, okay, you, you looked at me like, okay, well, that's what, you know. Yeah, that, was, that was the first year. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, we everybody has these. Why can't I be Joe Rogan? Why 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 can't I be Tim Ferriss? Why can't I be John Lee Dumas? You know, all all these, and it's like because you're not. Why can't you be you? If it's something you like, I mean, I I love I love meeting people. Man, I, just the opportunity I I get to talk to you. I get to spend an hour learning because not only am i a subscriber but i get to ask you questions so it's part of my growth part of my process so it's a win-win and people will listen and then yeah the first few episodes you're going to look at the numbers it's going to be discouraged discouraging and even everybody talks about it i mean evan carmichael mr youtube sensation i, I think his first year, he only had like minimal amount of people. You just have to go through the process and you have to wear blinders. You know, it's like, don't worry about the numbers. If, if it, if it makes you, it's like what you said earlier, if you're happy doing it, keep on doing it, do the work and everything will fall into place. Yeah. It's about putting in the reps. Tim Ferriss has this reframe of, well, how can I make it a win? Even if it doesn't work out you know, the way that you would like to in terms of, you know, the millions of downloads. And, you know, in his case, it's like, I'm going to become a better interviewer. That's going to help my writing. I'm going to help you know, become a better researcher for future book projects, if that's what I want to tackle. And I found the same thing, like, in terms of building a network, there's no easier way than to have a podcast, because all of a sudden, people who sometimes charge thousand bucks an hour for their consulting, but you say, Hey, could you come on my podcast? All of a sudden they're like, yes. And you should just, uh, you know, start it out almost very selfishly as an excuse to get to ask some exactly. very smart people some questions. And, and, and to me, it's like, it's a win-win. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody says, no, yeah. I, I sent you a request. I'm like, you know, I, I didn't fan, I, I could have gone on with the, you know, the summary. I'm a fanboy. 
but I didn't. I, I just asked politely. I'm like, hey, you know, I, it'd be a perfect fit. I'm all about the side hustle. And you said yes. Worst case scenario, you could have said no. And that would have been a rejection on me. It could have been like, hey, I'm busy. Maybe, you know, revisit at a, you know, at a future time. Hey, would you like to be on again? I mean, what? And that's that's what I tell people because everybody wanted to know how, oh, I got Jen Sincero or Evan Carmichael. I just asked. I mean, they could right. have said no. And you could have said no. And it's a learning process. It's a win-win because other people are learning. Other people, I hope, are taking notes. I want somebody to listen to this that's hating their life and saying, oh, you know, if only I had more money. Well, what you can download and, and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button to Side Hustle Nation. Learn If you're going to binge watch, binge listen, you know, binge listen to stuff. And, and you keep it entertaining, too. It's not like... Because there, there's podcasts out there that, and, and some of these are like mentors or people that I follow that, I mean, at, at the end of the day, learn, man. There, there's a time and everything in moderation. Somebody can listen to lithium. You know, they, they can listen to Nirvana, Jane's Addiction, Nine Inch Nails and all that. And then on to plan, let's, let me take some time out to learn about how to do a side hustle. And what what you said right there, it could be something that do something that you like that's not going to take that great amount of time, and it's not going to take a great amount of time for a website. Yeah, once 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 to get it up, but to update it or e commerce, the possibilities are endless. Especially now with the amount of information that's on there. I mean, you know, people use the internet for the goofiest things instead of using it as a tool. Yeah. Omar, can I ask you a question as a listener of the side hustle show? Yeah. Like, sure. Do you ever find yourself being like, come on, Nick, you dropped the ball on that question or you let it, you let him off the hook. Or like, is there anything that pisses you off about the show? Cause I'm just, you know, in honest feedback. So and I'm like, I have a thick skin. When, when, can, I'm, when, I'm, I'm, when I'm closed off because, you know, I, I can do all the personal development or business development. I can revert to that bitch voice inside my head and go, oh, yeah, that's that guy makes it so easy to look like you can monetize doing that. Oh, sure. It works for him or oh, yeah. sure. It works in that because you see, that's when that little closed minded, that closed off voice. I, I never I, I never judge anybody by, oh, you should have asked this question or that question because being. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. This is what my art appreciation teacher once said. It, it was one of those classes, modern art, and it was just like a, a canvas with a big X on it. And I remember I'm like, professor, I'm like, that's so stupid. <laughs> Anybody could have done that. And I remember his, his answer. He looked at me. He's like, Omar, but did you do it? Right. I'm like, no, exactly. He had the courage to do it. Well, clearly, if I if I wanted to ask the question, I should call up the, the person that you interviewed, say, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And then, you know, I can ask that question. So I'll, I, I was ne I'm never the armchair quarterback or the armchair coach saying coach should have done it this way or this play should have happened. So, but no, it, whenever I listen to it, it's always that little voice, the little negative voice that'll sometimes, well, that won't work. And, and that, okay. that, that's just, everybody has that voice and, and that's just, and that's when I have to take a step back and go, oh, that's me being negative. That's me not being able to dream, not being able to imagine. Cause those that succeed in a side hustle is because they were stubborn while other people said it can't, it can't happen. You can't do it. You're not enough. They're like, watch me now. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I think it's good to approach it with a, you know, a healthy dose of skepticism, but then try and poke holes in that and say, um, well, yeah, but don't you, when you listen to your stuff, don't you feel like, Oh my gosh, this guy's either lucky or, or how the hell could he monetize that idea for 3000 bucks, 5,000 bucks a month. Yeah, some of them are so random. The ones that 
I do have a harder time with are the ones that are like, you know, step one, you know, go viral, <laughs> you know, step two. I was like, well, how repeatable is that? Like, and some people will tell, you know, there's a formula to do it. Like, oh, the, 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 there's okay. always that form that, that, that you're going to laugh, but that's like your typical, like business development, like coach or, you know, a, any mentor go viral. What does that mean? Go viral. There's there's people getting a million downloads because it's a video of two guys hitting each other in the nuts. That that's viral. Or those two guys, the island boys, or whatever. That that's viral. Not not every goofy person's gonna. You know, sometimes going viral is all luck. It's we. I can't decide something that you and I might think is goofy can pick up you know ten million downloads. And at the end of the day, that's. That's success. Those are results. I would have never thought that people would be paying, corporations would be paying a, a little kid on YouTube to, to play with toys and and you know to give a review. I, if somebody would told me that years ago, I'd be like, that's not possible. I, yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't pay a kid a hundred bucks, much less you know that that crazy amount of money. Yeah, dude, making thirty million a year makes you not now counting all the other product endorsements outside of YouTube. Just makes you reevaluate your life choices. So that's why when, when they say going viral is like so vague because you can be paying like tens of thousands of dollars on ad spend on social media and not move the needle while somebody can just throw some random video. I mean, there, there's, there's times like I throw a, a random video up and only like three or four friends like it. And then like five views or six views. And then there's another one that will get thousands of views. And the other material is way better. And sometimes it is it, that's either luck or, you know, you, you can't. That's why I, I don't understand the going viral. Because it's not like you can purposely say. It, it wasn't like in 2012 when you were thinking about doing a podcast in 2013 that you're going to be like, you know what, this is what's going to happen. And then we're going to go, it's going to go viral one day and it will equal 19 million. No, it's just, you did the work. You believed in yourself. It was good content. And the rest is history. There's, there's some people that, you know, go into either a podcast or YouTube. It, It, we don't, it, the marketplace dictates what what goes viral, and it, it we can't control it. And ad spend doesn't control it. You can throw money at something, and that's why. I mean, there's major corporations that are spending millions of dollars on ad spend on social media, and it doesn't move profitability for them. They just haven't figured out that organic viral formula yet. Exactly, you, you, you gotta be the one to sell it to them. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like Willy Wonka. I've got their golden ticket. You know, yep. it's but but it, it's funny because you're only one idea away if you think about it, Nick. I mean, look look at well Chick Fil A. I, I know you're from the north northwest, but it's been around forever in the south. I, I went in LSU. It was I, I mean Kathy Truitt invented the chicken sandwich. God knows what year. 1990, though, 91, when I was at LSU, 92, they were everywhere. People weren't lined up. People weren't camping. People weren't like clamoring for a chicken sandwich. What caused all this commotion was just an ad campaign, eat more chicken, that went viral with with cows, with signs saying eat more chicken, billboards, and it just blew up. And then yeah, I see the billboards all over the place, but yeah. Yeah, but it, it's only been a recent, when I mean recent, 25 years or, or so that sure. have been big for a company that's been 70 years or whatever. It, it's just, and that was going viral before going viral. It, 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 that's why the only thing that we can do, my opinion, is you just... Keep on working. You keep on being creative. 
And it, it, it's like that spaghetti that, you know, you cook it and you throw it up against the wall. That's, that's how we marketed before, before social media as a business owner and see what sticks. So that's, uh, I mean, the only thing I do is I just throw content everywhere. Hopefully, you know, somebody out there would be like, oh yeah, I, I like this guy. Maybe I'll listen to his podcast. Cause you know, we, there, there'll be people out there, if, if you and I try to bust our heads to get people, everybody to love us, that that's virtually impossible. I like your point about being one idea away. And actually was talking with, with John Lee Dumas on the podcast last year. And we were talking about the fact that like, you know, maybe collectively we've had like five good ideas in our whole lives. And it's like, it doesn't take a lot. And actually another friend of mine, Todd Tresseter, put it this way, you know, as long as you keep your uh, downside risks low and you're starting something that has some scale and some leverage potentially to it, it's just a matter of taking enough swings. Like, you know, you know, one hit, one good idea erases all of the misses and that's enough to set you up for life. Entrepreneur on fire. You know how I, I, I found that it, it was my first Tesla seven years ago, eight years ago, all the, when, when you hit podcasts, that was one of the podcasts that was like programmed into the, that's a nice distribution deal. Yeah. I I don't know how, how he did that, but it it was the first few years. And yeah, that's, I, I downloaded that and I listened to it and you know, it, it, I I love it. I he's I've, I've seen him speak at um a Pete Vargas event, and yeah, no, I mean I don't I don't know how I got that or if it was just luck, but hey, there's no such thing as as randomness. Something happened. Yeah. So. Dang, that's a good it's uh, good distribution deal. I'll work on that. <laughs> now you're like that could have got me from 19 million. Like, how do I get in on some of the yeah. yeah. How do I double 19 million? Is there a way I can talk to Elon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the Tesla people need uh, need a side hustle. <laughs> no, no, not, not, not at all. No, not, not at all. So that, that's crazy. So if you went from painting houses, uh, I mean, we're, we're going all full circle here. Yeah. Do you, do you think painting houses, though, put that into your head? The the side hustle idea or, or was it the, the selling shoes the first time around? And you're like, Hey, you know what? If I do enough side hustles, <clears throat> this can be my main hustle. The house painting thing was really a formative experience. Cause I was 20, 21 at, you know, I was really young doing this thing. And that was my first taste of working for profits and not wages and really being in charge of this crew and managing the schedule and the jobs and coordinating ladders and sprayers and pressure washers and and all that stuff. And it was really kind of eye-opening, like, oh, you, there, there's this alternative path. And even just, you know, we got up on the ladder a couple of weekends ago and, you know, just, it's like, oh, this takes me back. Like, it's very... It's calming in a way where just, okay, you know, <laughs> going through the motions in a way, like comfortable up there. And it was, it, it was really helpful to have that early on to say like, yes, you, you can do this. Yes. It's really challenging, but yeah, you can work through those challenges and come out. Okay. You can survive on the other side of it. And, um, and have done hopefully good work for a bunch of people along the way too. Now, this is something I've, uh, you're going to laugh uh, on side hustles to me. I, I, they just can pop. I, I'd say when you scroll through social media, there's plenty of ideas. Uh, here's one. I, cause you spoke about shoes. My childhood friend, we always joke. And for some odd reason now, every time I would tag him on Air Jordans and all those goofy sneakerhead stuff. And I guess the analytics for Facebook now thinks that, you know, my I, I want to create a side hustle selling shoes, collectible shoes, going oh, okay. to conferences, conventions. <laughs> I get like ads for for like anything from like a hundred mile radius on that. Now if if I was passionate towards that and it wasn't a joke i'd be like 
oh, well, that's an aha moment because, hey, it's something I love, which is Air Jordans, which it's not. (laughs) But like, let's say it was. Why not get into that world of buying, buying low or buying at a decent price and flipping it online, going to these conventions, uh, going to all these websites, going to eBay, doing that. I mean, my, my, he has a side hustle of um, refurbishing BMXs that he found and just selling them on eBay. So it, it's, it's all like okay. possibilities that just by, you know, it looking around and seeing what's there a demand for. It's not just writing a book like like what you and I or the podcast. There's just like, I mean, multi-level marketing is a great form of side hustle. I mean, there's a million of them out there. Hey, I'll respectfully disagree with you on the MLM stuff. Just well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I've never done it, but I yeah. If for me, like an introvert, I I actually learned how to talk to people and communicate. Through sales, if I was an introvert, you you'll quickly get over the hearing the word no by by inviting somebody over for Tupperware or whatever. But no, full disclosure, I I don't sell any of that. I'm just saying there's a million. Uh, not only well, your website gives examples, your podcasts, which you have like. I, I ran out of fingers or toes. Nine years worth of old episode, and, and you can listen to them. Oh, there's, uh, but yes, no, I'm not trying to, uh, Nick. I'm not saying, hey, I'd love to give you a presentation. I, I just you can <laughs> have I that. got an opportunity for you? Yeah, yes, no, yes, they, no, well, they, they appeal to people because it's you know it's a business in a box and it's a proven system, but they're still like you know pretty well documented 99% failure rates, which you know small business in general. It has a high, pretty high failure rate too, but it's not that high, right? And you're, you're in a little bit more control. You're not married to this specific well, I think uh, solution to a, a problem, product, right? Most yes. of them, you have to buy the product and then you have to store it in your garage. That's, that's where the, yeah, no, I, I just meant in the, in the sense that do that for, for me, like an introvert, it, I was fearful here and no, but, but yeah, no, there's, there's other, there's other ways. I mean, eBay, God, you, God, I think the original eBay was to sell Beanie Babies. I mean, oh, talk, really? about, talk about a, a side hustle that that created billions of dollars, huh? That's funny. I didn't I didn't know that uh, eBay origin story. It's kind of funny, but yeah, yeah we lots of people doing the, the buy low, sell high thing, and whether that's locally, whether that's you know doing the garage sale, yard sale thing, even up to having a product imported from overseas and i've seen a lot of people on that path as well Um, but really starts with pains and problems and it's a lot easier to sell band-aids than it is to sell or it's easier to sell pain pills than it is to sell vitamins like make this pain go away and we talked a little bit about the content-based solution to that like i'm going to create this blog podcast youtube tiktok whatever around that topic around that pain, but it could just as easily be a product-based business, a service-based business. It's just kind of what, you know, what is, you know, what your goals are in the near term. Like, do I need to bring the cash register quickly? Okay. Starting a freelance or service-based business, probably a little bit faster, you know, maybe a product-based business if you can find inventory quickly and, and flip that. But the content-based business, a little bit longer time horizon. But ultimately just do the work. And everything takes time, wouldn't you agree? And any anything great in life, it, it it is a process. It is a process, but you start to see this compound effect, or hopefully you start to see this compound effect of having put in that time. Now we talked about first year of the side hustle show, relatively speaking, not that many people tuning in. Second year, a little bit more. Third year, a little bit more. You start to see this compound effect. And I think it's it's true in pretty much every business. As you get closer to putting in your 10,000 hours, you learn who the players are, you learn what's working, what's not working, and you improve your efficiencies over time. There's a lot of benefit of sticking with the thing and just seeing just enough traction and just enough fun to make you want to keep doing it. Malcolm Gladwell is somewhere out there. Happy for the reference <laughs> on the 10,000 hours. So, Nick, what's the best way to find you on social media? 
social media that I'm most active in is the Side Hustle Nation Facebook group, sidehustlenation.com slash FB. We'll redirect you over there. You can request to join. Closing in on 50,000 members over there. It's a very active community. People asking, answering questions, giving advice, sharing unique side hustles and all that jazz. Um, other than that, would love to have you tune into the Side Hustle Show in your favorite podcast app. Those are probably the two best places to come hang out. And as of right now, you can listen to Nick twice a week because 19 million and counting. He, he, dude, I, I love that when, when you, you said the reason why you're doing more content is because if the people that had the bigger numbers are doing it, mirror them, copy them. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Follow the leader, pay attention to what's working. It's, an underrated skill. It's probably taken me a longer time to uh, to notice in some of those cases. I'm usually very heads down, focused on my own thing. Every now and again, you pop your head up, say, "Ah, oh, let's let's give that a shot." You know, you're you're very personal. That that's the one thing that very welcoming when you listen to to your podcast. You're like a guy that. Well, I don't want to say I want to watch Ozark with. <laughs> watch, but you know, a guy that you can have have a beer and, and have a, a normal conversation, and, and that that's how you connect. Is because a lot of business, <laughs> a lot of business podcasts. So a lot of people talk, you know, self righteous, like you know they they know more. They, they want to sound like the authoritarian. Well, you know, they either that, know more or they're like, you know, really putting the grill on. Right? You're like, wait a minute, you, what's your cost of goods sold on that? You know, what's your contribution margin? Like, it, like whoa, 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 you know. It, okay. Exactly. You're, you're going to laugh. Uh, what, one of the guys that I ever first coached, he listened to the first couple of episodes and he's like, that's not a business podcast. He's like, you don't talk about EBITDA. You don't talk about <laughs> cash flow. And I'm like, how many people do you actually think want to listen to that? There's there's podcasts out there. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not I'm not your answer, buddy. That that's fine, man. But but he took it personally, and he like he unfriended me. And, oh well, uh, yeah. It's like I didn't tell you to listen, and it was free information, you know. But thank you for thank you for your words of wisdom. Yep. Well, Nick, thank you. And and also thank you for the, the words of encouragement. At, at least I know. Because still, that was like, oh my gosh, I'll, I'll never be able to get big numbers. But it's like what you said, man, just put in the time, put in the energy, put in the years. And, you know, it'll it, content is key. And if you do it on a consistent basis, and if you do it on a consistent basis, Everything in life will come through. Any any words of wisdom, any parting words you'd like to give us? Well, you just said it. I mean, staying consistent is key. Staying in the game is key. Simon Sinek calls it the infinite game, where the goal is not to win, but the goal is to keep playing. And as long as it's fun, I hope to keep playing it. Um, parting words of guidance. Think of anything that you're considering doing as an experiment. Put on that scientist hat and test something out. I think that lessens the sting of the inevitable failures that come along the way, just because, you know, even if the proverbial test tube, you know, blows up in your face, it's like, all right, um, hypothesis disproved onto the next thing, or I'm going to learn from that and onto the next thing versus, well, that didn't work. So I better just put my head back down and, and not try again. So I think like an experimenter. All righty. Well, I'll see you next week at PodFest. And Let's do I'll, it. I'll, I'll bring my, my book. You're going to have to sign it. Okay. Your book. Wait. It sounds good, man. All righty, brother. Thanks. Love you. Thank you for the time, man. You bet. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. I never told no one that. How do you get influencers to talk about your business? AccessMyNetwork.com Collaborate with industry-leading influencers on social media when you sign up. AccessMyNetwork.com Start your brand awareness campaigns and generate leads. AccessMyNetwork.com I never told no one that My whole life I've been holding back Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold Like why you chasing dreams, aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I 
feel like it's finished. You got a vision. And let me say, I don't care if they're your blood, got the same DNA. They can't feel how you feel, they can't see what you see. Wanna change your life, you gotta change the way you think. The thoughts in your mind is the boss of your life. Nothing but good vibes, every day I'm thinking like, what if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape. Is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.